the XYZ Podcast, the podcast where we talk about entertainment and the creative process. Uh, I'm Miko. I'm the Y. I'm Zach. I'm the Z. And our X Factor this week is Watchmen. Watchmen. It's it's almost more of a W Factor. W Factor. Indeed. Yeah. One, uh, one before the X. Yeah. Who 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 watches the podcast? I'm naming this episode before we've even talked. About it. <laughs> who watches the? Who pod- watches? And the answer is no, no one. one because it's not on video. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's an audio medium. Yeah. Uh, who? So yeah. none of you are watching the podcast unless you're just like staring intently at the I don't know the, the SoundCloud feed or whatever. Yeah. The waveform. It's like, I don't know, do something more interesting with your eyes. Go outside. Yeah. Like, take a walk. I don't know. <laughs> or whatever you're doing with us right now. Like, maybe you're doing, like, data entry. That's what I do for my job. Yeah. Maybe maybe you're looking at numbers. Maybe you're watching numbers. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, Eco, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, I watched the movie. Yeah. And I watched the first episode of the HBO show. Now, you have no... This is your first time, like, interacting with the property, or have you seen the movie before? This is my first time interacting with the property. All right. You've never read the book or anything? Okay. No, cool. no. I've seen the trailers yeah. when they were out at the time that the movie came out, but that's it. I remember the first trailer coming out for that movie, and it had that, like, Smashing Pumpkins, the end is the beginning is the end, I think the game that song is, or the beginning is the okay. end is the beginning. Uh, I don't know. It's, it sounds cool and epic or whatever, and uh, I remember seeing the trailer and being like, oh, this looks really cool, and then... Uh, I didn't see the movie or read the comic for a little bit after that. And then I read the comic. And then I watched the movie. Cool. Yeah, so you, I don't know. So you said trailer, comic, movie. Yeah. And I haven't really read the comic in a few years because an ex-girlfriend borrowed it. And then yeah. she never returned it. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because I lent it to her when we were already exes at that point. <laughs> I don't know. I assume she's not that... Vindictive. She, we, we ended things on good terms. Okay, it was yeah. high school. I yeah. don't know. Anyways, point is, <laughs> uh, point is, she stole my comic, and then for whatever, because of that, I just, I never bought it again for some reason, even though it's great. Yeah. yeah. But it was like one of the first comics I owned, so it was like, like one of the first like American like adult, and I was like, oh, I'm reading. I was like reading it over and over again, and that's why I lent it to her because I was so excited about it. Mm-hmm. And this was like my first time reading it in a while, but. Um, I've seen all the episodes of the show that are out by now. Yeah, I've just seen the first one, which is... Yeah. yeah. So, this episode uh, will just be spoilers for the first episode. Yeah. Uh, I will... uh, Eco is allowed to kill me if (laughs) I spoil things. Yeah. um, There might be a murder investigation after this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you're... This podcast will turn into a true crime podcast, except about... Hosted just by the suspect of the murder. Yeah. And the Z will be the victim. Yeah. And the X will just be the murder. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So, in any case, I mean, <laughs> Watchmen the movie. Yeah. I mean, and I assume the comic is, is structured as a murder mystery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the original comic was supposed to be named, when it was originally, like, in development, was actually called The Murder of the Peacemaker. Okay. Because... All the characters in the comic are based off of old Charlton Comics characters. Yeah. Uh, so the comedian was originally this character called Peacemaker. Yeah. And then DC decided they still wanted to use those characters, and they were like, we don't want them used in this manner. So uh, they just made pastiches. Yeah. 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 And and for me, I didn't, you know, 
being outside of the history of comics, yeah, for the most part, obviously I still have seen the MCU and some Spider-Man and all this other stuff, but yeah. generally being outside of the world of comics, I, for me, it was like the peacemaker and comedian. Comedian to me was like, is this kind of a weird Joker's now the hero type of thing? You know, obviously that's not the intention, but... I think that's a little bit there in his ethos there. Yeah. You mentioned that to me the other day. You yeah. texted that to me, and yeah. I kind of was immediately dismissive. Yeah. But uh, I actually think, yeah, there's a little bit of it there. And it's definitely right. the idea of him being a comedian. And it's like older, in the 40s, the 40s version of him looked a lot more like a clown. Yeah. Uh, the way he was, or at least like a little gestury. Uh, not like a ton, but rereading the comic, I saw something online recently of somebody connecting... The character to looking a lot like Nick Fury used to. Okay. Before back, nowadays Nick Fury is Samuel Jackson based yeah. off of. Yeah. Nick Fury used to be a white guy. Yeah. Who yeah. looked like the comedian. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he he has like little white temples and he smokes a cigar and he does dirty dirty work for the American government or Shield. Yeah. He literally used to be like a war hero guy. Uh, like this the first Nick Fury comics for that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's the murder of... It's a murder mystery. Yeah. Uh, initially, that's, that's initially, the, the and frame. Then, yeah. And it get, then goes way off the rails. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It, you know, it goes a little bit into the lives of each of these former heroes, or sometimes still heroes. And um, it's, uh, it's a lot of little vignettes of their past lives. It's kind of like a character exploration in that sense. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the comic, each issue is... We're not each issue, but there's definitely a run of issues where each issue is kind of like, this is this character's issue. And, I don't know, like, uh, the Rorschach one, you have the Rorschach issue, which is just framed from the eye of the psychologist, and it's just him going through the origin, and then you also have the Dr. Manhattan origin issue, which, um, because I watched part of the movie last night, but I didn't finish it. Yeah. It's the last part of the movie I watched last night. Okay, yeah. Though I do... I like That's like my favorite issue and maybe my favorite part of the movie. Other though, I, I do really like... Because they do the thing in the opening credits where the they play Bob Dylan. The times they are changing. They just have yep. a montage. Yep, yep. That's yeah. right, yeah. They yeah. That. I, I, I dig that. It's kind of, yeah, it's it's really interesting to, to have a movie structured that way where it's... Very non-linear in in that sense, although the plot itself is quite linear. Yeah. In the mid, but the non-linear from flashbacks and just diving a little bit into each person's history, and then but you just see the surface level uh, at the beginning, and then it gets further and further into detail, and it you know it makes you wonder. It it's it's a cool revealing trick because it it's like it sucks you into feeling that you want to see, you know, like, what is going on here? Like, really, what is going on? Because you start out very, very much in the dark. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, these are, these are even though they're pastiches of former characters, they're, you know, people you don't know anything about. You don't know what this world is, and you can already tell that there's a few things weird with it because it's 1985. Yeah. Nixon's still president. Nixon's still president. Um, that famous picture of the, uh, the soldier kissing the woman is, like, now... Silk spec, not silk specter, but somebody that, else. That's silhouette. silhouette. Uh, that is that is a movie only thing. Yeah. Uh, that I think is mostly just their way of being like, and see, like history is uh, different. Yes, but also I think it's a little bit of like, oh, and see, like the you know the because of that, I don't know. Uh, he he was trying. Uh, what am I trying to say with that? I don't know. Yeah, the po the the picture's different. <laughs> yeah. Um I think they were setting up cuz like a couple 
minutes, seconds later in that vignette, you yeah, see that they were killed. Kill, that yeah. character was killed for being lesbian. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, which, like, that whole little vignette thing. So in the comic, as I was mentioning to you, because I showed you the comic, I brought it. Yeah. Uh, at the end of every issue, we have these, like, primary source materials. Okay. Essentially yeah. from the universe. So yeah. some of them are, like, in the Rorschach issue I was talking about, uh, it's the psychologist, like, his notes, his background on the guy, yeah. and it, like, gives you a little bit of an extra idea of the universe and these characters, like, things that it would be just clunky to expose, to, to, to exposit, have the, yeah. yeah, to have the exposition and dialogue. Um, but, like, uh, in the first few issues, you remember the first Night Owl, he kind of shows up in the movie, um... Hollis? Hollis Mason. Yeah. So... A big thing in the, at least in the early part of the book, is that he wrote this like tell-all uh, of his time as a, as yeah. as Night Owl called Under the Hood, mm-hmm. um, and so the first few chapters just show sections of his book, and it basically shows up everything from like 1940 to 1960 or so, whenever up until about when Doctor Manhattan appeared. Yeah, uh, is and he's just like this is the history of. They're not really superheroes in this universe because Doctor Manhattan was really the first superhero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. it's all like this is the vigilante. Yeah, still uh, heroes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Though I'd argue the the central message of this book they're, is they're not, are they heroes? are they heroes? Yeah, they are. They? There's quite a lot of like are they? Is that guy really like? Because some of these people are not good people. Basically, well, I think yeah. I mean and the point of the book is and like I was reading through some Alan Moore. Uh, Interviews because Alan Moore is the writer of this book. Yeah, uh, it was written by Dave Gibbons. Uh, Alan Moore is a very fascinating guy uh, in general, but he has said a lot of that. Like, I don't think that like the way adults consume superhero content is like right. I don't think that that's. I don't think that's right because we shouldn't be like worshiping superheroes or whatever. We shouldn't because everything, every single thing we see is just like, Oh, they have, they're these pillars of morality who always do the right thing in the end. Yeah. And he's very much, he, a quote recently resurfaced that I just like resurfaced in the past couple days of him being like, I think that the first superhero movie uh, or the first, like the start of all this, like capes and comics kind of thing was birth of a nation in which Uh... the KKK was, um, you know, they were yeah, the caped were crusaders. The, right, yeah. And that's him trying to be like, that. they're individuals who have no sort of authority or anything. They, they just do whatever they want. And, you know, people don't, even good people don't always do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, that's a lot of what this is kind of about. Is just, and they each, like every character in the, in, in Watchmen has a different, idea of what morality is. Yeah. Um, like, they all still think what they're doing is saving the world. Yeah. Or at least doing good. You know, Dr. Manhattan, Rorschach, Ozymandias, Night Owl, yeah. Silk Spectre, they're all going to have different ideas yeah. of what, uh, what is right. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, like, for me, um, I had something that I kind of lost it. Oh, shit. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. It was like, <laughs> like, um, yeah, like, for me, like, the way superheroes are, like, portrayed, right? Yeah, like yeah. you said, as, like, pillars of morality, it's kind of like, I mean, if, 
like the, the psychological profile of like somebody who would actually put on a mask and fight crime is not going to be normal. No, it's probably going to be closer to the Rorschach end of the spectrum than it is to like the um than to the Batman, you know, yeah, or, or Bruce Wayne end of the spectrum. I think uh, there's like almost this weird dichotomy because like so Night Owl and Rorschach start off as partners when yeah, they start in their career, right. yeah, um, and, and then the movie. yeah, yeah, and then they eventually kind of branch off, and the comic goes into like specific years of like in 1975 something happened that really made Rorschach kind of just like. Like, he was always a little bit... He was always the dark... And it's kind of... They're both the different sides of Batman, is what I'm trying to say. Okay, yeah. Is, like, you've got kind of the goofier, fun, uh, invention side of Batman. Obviously, Night Owl, based off of the character Blue Beetle, but Blue Beetle also has a lot of Batman yeah. in him. Uh, and Night Owl almost... I mean, come on, he's an owl. But he's a yeah. night creature. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got the he's got the ears. Yeah. And he's got, like, the... And then when uh, Silk Spectre asks him, you know... Where'd you get the money for all this? And he's like, um, and it's like, yep, that's a Batman thing. Although it's uh, slightly different. I'd say the movie makes it even more like, I don't think Zack Snyder gives two shits about Blue Beetle. I mean, yeah. it's just like, I just want to do Batman. This is Batman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and Rorschach is a hundred percent just like the dark Chris, Christian Bale, like in his universe, especially um, Zack Snyder's universe of this uh Though he is, I don't know. And the point is, and, and like that's kind of what happened to Batman in a meta sense. Is like he yeah. did. There was the split of oh, one one time he went darker. Uh, specifically, it's you know he in this comic, it's Rorschach sees like finds out that this kid that was kidnapped got cannibalized. Yeah, uh, and he just kind of loses his shit and goes off the deep end. And then two years later is when the Keenak passes. So I don't know. I think that might be a little related. Wait, what's the what's the, the Keen Act is the thing that uh, is the law in the universe that doesn't let them be superheroes anymore. Oh, it doesn't I see. let them be. It outlaws vigilantes. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been going a little insane the past couple of days because I've been researching a lot of this. Yeah, you really love this. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know a little bit, and I. I've been thinking about it a lot, and then I've also just been like, I don't know if I'm right about any of this, and then I'm just like parroting other people's shit, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to say it in a way that's cohesive or listenable for a podcast, so I'm just going to warn everyone listening now. Yeah, you have been warned. Uh, you have been warned, yeah. Um, do you like the movie? Yeah, I like the movie, yeah, yeah. 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 It, you got, a, got favorite parts? Oh, man, I don't know. It's There's, a, there's so much, it's so... I don't know, like the the Doctor Doctor the Doctor Manhattan's arc was really like interesting for me to yeah. watch, just because he's like, uh, you know, just be, becoming dehumanized or like what's you know it, it asks the question of like what it is what is it to be human yeah say, right and yeah, I always like those things you're I, you know I introduced Star Trek to you via the episode Measure of a Man which is very much a question of how you know what it is what is it to be human. I mean, Dr. Manhattan's almost, uh, you know, first of all, he's got almost this... There was a moment when he was talking, when I was watching the bits of the movie I was watching last night, where I was thinking of, like, oh, that feels very data to me right now. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but also, he basically has the power of Q. Yeah. Uh, and Q, in the first episode event of... Not Enterprise. Next Gen. Next Gen, yeah. <laughs> it's basically, like... Why do you, you, you humans, why do you even deserve to live? Yeah. And that's kind of one of, like, the big thing with Dr. Manhattan yeah. is he goes, 
and he and Silk Spectre, I forget exactly how they do it in the movie. Um, uh, I'm sure it's not as good because I just Silk Spectre is just handled so poorly in the movie. Okay, I, in my opinion, okay. I think, oh, she's just not done well. Uh, 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 okay. But they're 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 having this conversation in space where he's just like. They're going over Mars, and he's like, "Look at how beautiful Mars is. Look at how great this is." And it's it's not ruined by by humans. And I don't understand like humans are made out of molecules and atoms, and, and, and that's the same thing that makes up Mars. And to me, there's really no real difference. It's like the if anything, you guys are just kind of boring, uh, and you ruin things you, you touch. And just like this is, it's nice, and I like it. And as far as I can tell, on the big picture scale there's no difference yeah um and that's why like his morality screwed because like he's he's just he's he's galaxy brain yeah he's yeah he can't yeah it's like why does it the there was there was the moment in the interview where he's like i mean he's like the the, a dead human body has the same molecules as a living one so there's no no, really no difference i was watching that scene and i think i took issue with it uh (laughs) mostly just like i feel like he doesn't he doesn't. He's he's not dumb enough to say that in front of no. But the thing in front is, of the John Q. Public. No, but I think that's a. I think that's a character moment. Looking back on it, because after, after he does say that at some point in the comic, he just doesn't say that yeah. in front of a audience. No, but like so, what, my interp- like having watched after finishing the movie, I, at first I was like, that seems really dumb to say. First to say it to a public, yeah. and also I don't think that's really true. It's actually not strictly true. Because there are differences, mm-hmm. like when you die, right? But what I what I what I remember was that like um, whether it was Vate or um, or him, say, just talking to Silk Spectre, like some there was some point where he's like, you know, you left me and I left Earth, right? So that's I think that's a character moment where he's like devastated and he's just like, well, it just, there's really no difference, and he's just like he's like he's he's not thinking about what he's saying. He's just like processing essentially the breakup. Yeah. And then he's like, and then he's, that's a depressed line. That's something like a de- he says in depression. Yeah. No, he says that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he just doesn't give a fuck that it's in front of everybody. That, that's literally, as far as he's concerned, because he's view, very much viewing himself on this, like, yeah. I'm a, a piece of machinery within the universe. Everything is just a cog yeah. in the clock that is the universe or yeah. a watch that is in the universe. And the only thing holding me here right now is I feel like I think there is he is more human than he he lets on sometimes. Yeah. Because um, like I know there's a moment where um, he's like he's te- that they're meeting on Mars and he's like in five minutes you're gonna tell me that you slept with Dan Driver. Yeah. And, and she goes, oh, so you already know about that? Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, he and I did, and then later on she's like, yeah, and we, we were sleeping together, and he goes, wait, you, you slept with him? And he's like, actually legit offended, even though five minutes ago he said, oh, yeah. uh, uh, that he knew that, that he knew it already happened. Uh, it's just like, he processes time so weird. Yeah, although, that, that didn't show up in the movie. Oh, it didn't? Okay. Yeah, at least not. We're gonna have some weird wires crossed, especially because yeah. you specifically saw... The movie. The theatrical, the theatrical version. cut, yeah. Uh, so you saw the most part down version. Yeah. Which is the same version I saw. Yeah. Uh, for the less than an hour that I watched of it last night. It's <laughs> just, it's, I, I wanted to do the homework for the podcast and I was just watching it and I was like, I already, You're in, you got this. I already read the comic and I know it's gonna, it's gonna fuck us up because we're gonna, yeah, maybe no. have some miscommunication. Like, 
Another thing I noticed that was different in, in the bits that I watched mm-hmm. was uh, in that conference we were talking about where yeah. uh, where he's like, oh, I... Um, uh, where he's talking about how humans are, are the same, dead or alive. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, his ex-girlfriend shows up as, like, the big reveal. Yeah. Uh, I was watching the movie, and I was like, that that can't happen in the book. That feels really hammy. That feels That feels like a weird... Like, the fact that they specifically bring her on to the show. Yeah. To be, like, to walk in, like, a surprise witness in a courtroom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the comic, uh, the guy just, like, the reporter's just like, oh, yeah, and your girlfriend, your Janie, Janie Slater, uh, has cancer. And just the words enough are like, oh, you're, that happened. Oh, shit. Because, I don't know, she has no desire to see him again. Right. Um in the I don't know it felt that that was just a choice that I didn't love in the movie okay, but yeah. I think it may be a lot in a lot of ways there were a lot of choices made in the movie that while I don't like them as much as I do in the comic they had to be made to just like nail the point home yeah because otherwise I mean the the audience who hasn't read the book has no context of who this person is yeah so you have to bring them on screen to just be like hey this is her yeah, and also his facial expressions really like they're not they're very blank for the most part. So yeah. it's hard to like like you know, you, you can't like you can maybe in a comic have a thought bubble or something or something that conveys that more or yeah. maybe maybe some type of you know, some type of thing that focuses in, but uh that's you. And uh but yeah, in, in the movie where where his facial expressions are so like Blank and 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 unemotional, mm-hmm. uh, at least you know. To, to it's hard to figure out his yeah. inner life at all. Yeah, so um, it has to. You have to kind of. You kind of have to make. You have to create that emotion by the by the rest of the context by the surroundings yeah. by bringing her in, having this yelling, and then him kind of like voice wise not not knowing what to say mm-hmm. and, and that yeah and that that lets you get the get his world a bit that gives you some access to what he's feeling, and then then when he actually disappears, teleports himself to Mars, then it's like, then you, then it makes sense. Then it makes more sense that way. Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree. Like, there are a lot of things in the movie that, I don't know, I think, especially because in the movie, it's, the movie is very much a direct, they literally, like, the events happen in the same order, it's the same events happening yeah. for the most part. There, occasionally a few were cut out. Um, like, I, I think it, it doesn't quite hit it's like it's it it's a cover of of the comic and mm. the comic itself if you're gonna do exactly the comic it's kind of unfilmable in, yeah, in yeah. a way um and, and so it makes for a movie that you know uh feels like an imperfect pro- product to me especially uh you know having such a love affair with the original comic itself uh-huh. and it's why I think I'm enjoying the TV show a little bit because I'm like, oh, they're creating new material. Yeah. So they're not tied to uh, having to ape exactly what the comic was. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I also just, I don't like Zack Snyder and his aesthetic. I think he does interesting things sometimes. Yeah. But overall, I don't, like, uh, like I mentioned with the trailer. Somebody mentioned this to me right recently and I, I'm really buying into it I really liked the trailer to this movie Okay. and the thing is like Zack Snyder makes a good fucking trailer <laughs> he makes things look like they're gonna be cool and he does like little cool moments like the uh, 
the opening credits are really fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely, that's the most original thing in the movie. That's something you don't get in the comics. Yeah. Most of that is just in those little excerpts from the biography that I was talking about. Most of those moments. Um, and I also, I mean, it's, I still prefer the moment in the comic, but I, I love the moment where you're watching John, uh, John Osterman become Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, cause I don't know. I love I love the strings that are going on, like the or the, yeah. the music that's yeah. happening, yeah. And, and it's ramping up, and it's uh, it's great. And There's I just narration. like love Billy, yeah, Billy Crudup's voice. I mean, it's the same thing that happens yeah. in the comic, uh, but it's just him being like, it's 1985, and I'm and I'm uh, on Mars, walking around. Uh, right, it's 1959, and uh, it's a month uh, into our relationship. You know, stuff like that. Right, yeah. uh, I don't know. I kind of love those are like my two favorite movies in the moments in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are like other things that I don't like. And I think it's, but I think overall, like because it's such a direct adaptation of the comic, it doesn't go nearly as deep and it's very, it like, it feels very surface level and it's just such like, like this comic book changed the comic book industry. It's such a big deal. Yeah. Okay. And so watching, uh, and it changed the way, like, people write superheroes. Uh, so, you know, it's just, I I feel like, in a lot of people, like, the, the, the reaction to the movie itself is mixed. Because there are a lot of people who, like, who are like me and don't feel like it lived up to it. And, but otherwise, it's kind of a fine action movie. Yeah. It's a cool little superhero mystery. Uh, it's kind of funny at points. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, for me, it was like... It was a good movie, but it like it was you know, it uh, it was it was imperfect in the sense that it was a pastiche, but I enjoyed it as that as yeah. well. But if I were like watching it as a purely theatrical experience, especially the first time, and I was just expecting like a normal superhero movie, I'd be like, this is kind of odd. Not certainly not what I was expecting. You know? <laughs> no, I get uh, that. Yeah. It's more our house in that sense, right? The, like pro- as a result of the way like the comic is probably structured. It's it's a bit more arty and more theme based rather than just like plot driven, plot driven, plot driven. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I definitely feel like uh, I have a I the, reading the comic this time. I had a much different experience than I did yeah. like seven or so years ago when I last read yeah. it because I used to not be so. Are you all right? You look yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I know you said you were like kind of tired when we started yeah, this. No, all good. right. Yeah. Uh. The, uh, like, I felt like coming into it with, like, a knowledge of the comic book industry and comic book history that I hadn't before. Like, I enjoyed it a lot my first read-through, but I used to skip a lot of the, some of the supplemental material because it was boring. Mm-hmm. Um, not, like, read into as much of it. And it, I still, like, loved it a lot, but I didn't, I don't know. Like, I think it's, like, extra fun to have a little bit of the context. It's, like... Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with the Charles Manson murders is still a good oh, yeah, movie, yeah. but like if you have a little bit of the knowledge of the Charles Manson murders, there's something like a little bit weirdly extra you get from it. Yeah, because you're like, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and like you see them coming, and you're just like, oh, I've, I've got this knowledge that these people are Manson girls or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that they're the people. Yeah, yeah, the people. Um, what are you gonna say? Have you ever seen the movie Dick Tracy? No. Okay. It came out like right around the time the Burton Batman movies were coming out. Okay. Um, I don't know why, but the art direction of this movie reminds me a little bit of that movie. Okay. Just because, like, it's very. 
Oh, I can't. I don't know. I can't totally explain it. It's just like it. it sometimes it feels it, it feels very much in its own world and like pulpy and stuff. It's got its own color grade thing going on. That yeah, I could it's like the color. Yeah, the colors that show up are kind of different than than a normal than some other movies. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And there's something like I think, with the exception of like. I've criti- I feel like I've criticized this movie to, to people in the past by being like, oh, it doesn't really go for a lot of the weird cartoony stuff that the comic does, but it kind of does. Like, it doesn't completely, like, they don't have a big squid exploding over Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, have you looked at, have you looked at these pages? That. I want to see that okay, part. Just cause, through. But I, I mean, they have the part, <sighs> it's really cheesy where, where, um, where I low-key, because there, there's a thing about the squid in the last episode yeah. of the show, and I don't want to get too much into it, but, like, I kind of wish you would watch it, just so we could talk about it. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can I tell you one thing that I don't think is a total spoiler? Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I obviously saw that there were squid rains, so I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah. So, I, so, so far in the show, they are straight up, like, it seems like everything from the comic is canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, specifically the comic. They're, they're completely ignoring the movie, which... Kind of exactly what I want them to do because I the movie, like I said, it's, it's a good. It's not, sta- it's it's a not good, that bad. It's a good standalone product, but it's not the yeah. same. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're going to be adapting the greatest piece of comic comic book history or whatever, go with the comic and don't go with the Zack Snyder adaptation at all. The Big Squid. Ooh, yeah. I love how that like issue starts with the Big Squid too, where you just kind of like ease in and it just like slowly pans and reveals more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I was gonna say from the TV show in the last episode that I don't think this is totally this is a spoiler or anything, but this character starts talking about this Steven Spielberg movie from the nineties. Okay. Uh, called Pale Horse. Pale Horse is the band that yeah, is also yeah yeah it's exactly. That. Yeah. Uh, Eco's currently leafing through the comic and, and looking at the squid pages. Yeah, and the one of them has Pale Horse on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pale Horse is playing. They're like this punk rock. There are these, these like punks in the universe called Not Tops or whatever, and they all, uh, they all have man, they, they like, uh, that's kind of a weirdly almost popular hairstyle now. Uh, <laughs> um, but in this version of 1985, it was popular in 1985. Yeah. Uh, and they're all fans of this band called Pale Horse. And the movie, this is there's a movie in the '90s directed by Steven Spielberg uh, called Pale Horse. Yeah. And it's about like the events leading up to the squid. Yeah. And there's a it's all in black and white. And there's a famous scene where a little girl walks around in a red dress around New York. Just all it, it's the only color in the whole movie. And she's walking around New York around these. Do, do you recognize the movie this is referencing? <sighs> I. It's Schindler's uh, List. Oh, okay, okay. This is straight up in the Watchmen universe, in the TV universe. Instead of making Schindler's List, Steven Spielberg made the same movie, but about the squid attack. <laughs> and he made it. He made it like less than ten years later after yeah. the event happened. That's yeah. like uh, United ninety three or whatever. Yeah, yeah like yeah. how they made nine eleven so movies really, like, right, right after. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I totally like buy that as a, I, but I do think it's hilarious. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of a funny joke. I mean, one one of the campy moments that I remember was like um, when 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 uh, Dan and Silk Spectre are having sex in the in in Archimedes. Yeah. When 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 they uh, when, when they, they start go, playing when they, Hallelujah. That that's cheesy. That's definitely very cheesy. Yeah. That that song is that. But also when uh, when they when they actually climax when when they when she pushes the fire the out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is so. <laughs> a lot of people give the movie shit for that, 
But I think Zack Snyder, like, this this book is a satire. Yeah, yeah. And so, so, like, there are comedy elements to it. And I think Zack Snyder has gone on record of, like, I was a little bit making a funny movie. Yeah. Uh, and that move, moment is funny. It's and funny, without yeah. it's, the soundtrack, it happens in the comic, fire included. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, like, it's, it's cheesy. I, I didn't get like, to yeah. that part in my rewatch uh, last night. Yeah. Because I... I ended it less less than halfway through, but it definitely but it definitely happens. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a part that I remember. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are the TV show. There are some great moments that okay. have been. There's like one specific moment that happened that like hasn't been revisited yet, but it was so out of fucking nowhere. Uh, I can't. I don't even know. Do you want to talk about the show a little bit? Yeah, let's start you want to, the show. What, what yeah, do you yeah. think? You watched the first episode. I watched the first episode. What are your I, thoughts so far? So I, I had heard from other people that it covers the Tulsa Massacre and like... Yeah, yeah I had heard that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that real quick, first, yeah. let's recap the first episode. Yeah. Just to the events of it. Uh, it starts off with the Tulsa Massacre Tulsa, yeah, yeah. of 1921. That's essentially Black Wall Street. Yeah. Got, uh, which was like a really prosperous era, era, uh, for, area for black people in uh, Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Uh, basically just, like, got firebombed yeah. by the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. Uh, and Ku Klux Klan sympathizers, and then it was pretty much never covered in the media, and we don't talk about it today. Yeah. Uh, except for, apparently, the TV show The Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, does it come back as a plot point other than to set the tone of, like, the of the show? Because, like, that's a, thematically, it definitely ties in, but I don't know if it... It definitely ties... They mentioned there... Redfordations in the show, right? Okay, yeah. I that happens in the first episode. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I guess those are reparations. Those are reparations, but the president is Robert, Robert Redford. Redford. Yeah, I was like, uh, I was that like, is something from the comic book. I was like, which Redford is this? Is this Robert? Literally, Robert Redford? The yeah, actor? yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's he's right. The idea is that he's like a liberal Reagan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, though they do talk about uh, instead of Rick's, like Reaganomics, they talk about Nixonomics or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, like, in the end of the comic book, I forget if it happens in the movie, but the, you see these signs that are, like, now that the world's saved, not saved, but, like, the Cold War's over, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are signs that are, like, RR might run for president uh, in yeah, the news. And you think and it's then, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. yeah, and then this this newspaper called the New Frontier, or I think it's, there are a couple newspapers in it. One is New Frontiersman, which is essentially Breitbart. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. very alt-right very, uh, yeah. and very blatant about it. Um, but they are talking about like, and now apparently Robert Redford's running for president. Uh, cause the idea is that they're trying to make you think it's Ro- Ronald Reagan. Cause they, they start off the conversation being like this dumb cowboy actor is going to be our next president. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I, I thought that actually was the, in the, in the movie, I think they was still Reagan in the movie. What? I think in the movie, like that part it, at the very end. Oh, did they did they just say it was Reagan instead? Yeah, I think they just said it was Reagan instead because it was still the New Frontiersmen, and they were gonna publish the um, yeah the their the guy the, the Rorschach Journal Rorschach Journal, which like once again that's essentially like if those scribblings got uh, posted in Breitbart or whatever, you know, that's QAnon. That is literally mm-hmm. like you know the people from the all right, like that's so believable in our world where it's just yeah. like pe- people would. A certain subset of America would be like, this conspiracy is super true, and everybody else would um, be like, no, that's not true at all, yeah. because it came from this source that's clearly bankrupt. Like, yeah, I don't know. Okay, maybe it's not QAnon, because QAnon's not real. <laughs> uh, maybe it's... 
Jeffrey Epstein stuff? I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, but I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Point is, point is, um, there's like a. They go. They're definitely like you could see that in Tulsa specifically. Yeah. Um, they don't necessarily bring up the race riots, but they also they do bring up. There's like a cultural center that like yeah. is dedicated to that happening, and they give you a lot of the history. Yeah. And I think that at that cultural center is also where you find out if you're eligible for red predations. Okay. Which I think is for slavery in general. Uh-huh. I'm not 100 percent sure. My, I don't know. It, maybe you also get uh, red fredations, as they call them, reparations for having families who were involved in the Tulsa race riots. I'm not 100 percent. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't. It hasn't like fully dealt in. Uh, there's still. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to go too far. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I haven't spoiled anything in saying. Anything. No, no. Yeah, I mean, the, I those are some some things I didn't know, but it doesn't. Yeah, it's like they're not plot points. They're just like parts of the universe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some other things. We've got this lady, Sister Knight. She's yeah. a cop. Yeah, yeah. Right. So cops all wear masks. Cops, cops all wear masks. Some of them have their own superhero costumes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, including Sister Knight, who's like the main one. She's yeah. Regina King's character. Yeah. And there's this, uh, I mean, so yeah, so you have cop, and then um, the white supremacist group is the Seven Cavalry, who are basically like like Rorschach truthers or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, they're Rorschach truthers, and I think that's a like I don't think I think there is a lot of in Rorschach that is based off of like a little bit of a conservative ideology. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah, because sure. his rants about like stuff about New York City are very much that. No, he hates all these goddamn li- liberals. Yeah, uh, he he uh, like, like he says some things that are like. Almost a little bit like racist or anti-Semitic in the yeah, book, yeah. And I think he says them in the thing too. But he's like, I'm not a Nazi, but also like, he's also I, he's just suspicious of the world. He's he's very yeah, um, he's very fear like yeah, he's very fear driven and very like humans suck and like fuck everybody and like you yeah. know sex is bad. You know, very, oh yeah, very, he's very, very yeah. Got, he's got like a very insular uh, conservative mindset. It's almost a little proto incel. Yeah. Uh, he is based off of the characters he's based off of are Steve Ditko creations. Steve okay. Ditko is most known for creating Spider Man, yeah, co creating yeah. Spider Man, yeah. and Doctor Strange. But he also created most of the characters these characters are based off of. Okay, yeah. Uh, and he had a very conservative and Randian uh, view of things. And he created these two characters The Question, who looks a lot like Rorschach, except he has no face. Okay, yeah. Um, and Mr. A. And Mr. A is very specifically, like, an Randian-based hero. Okay, yeah. Uh, based in, like, a Randian uh, ideology. Uh, and I think, like, that's where a lot of that Rorschach... But also, at the same time, like, Rorschach has this, like... You know, he's he's kind of got these, like... He's stubborn. He's got this sort of... He's got a moral code that isn't all bad. And that's the thing, is this whole right, thing right, is yeah. about how, like, morality isn't all black and white. Yeah. Uh, and, like, that's why, apparently... He wasn't originally going to die. And then about four issues in, Alan Moore was like, no, we have to kill this guy. Yeah. Because there's no way he could find this out. He wouldn't just let dogs lie. He he would yeah. get to the bottom of this mystery. Yeah. And then he would make sure the truth gets out. So he yeah. has to die. Yeah, no compromise, um, right, as he says in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, I don't know, that that makes him a bit of a compelling character. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think he's like, like, that's the thing, is none of these characters are good guys. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, the people who are based off of, or who follow him are very much like white terrorists kind of yeah, yeah. 
in in the and they live in Nixonville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a big statue of Richard Nixon. Yeah. Um, oh, one question for you about the movie, though, just to backtrack a little yeah. bit. Would you like from my from my viewing of it? It seemed like like uh, Night Owl and Silk Spectre were kind of were kind of the moral center, of the classical superheroes. And, yeah, and they were like pretty much all good. Like, although I see now that I remember talking about it, when they get attacked, they just they're pretty brutal when they get attacked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, so I did watch that scene where they yeah. get attacked in yeah. the movie, and that's one of my many qualms with the movie. Yeah, is during fight scenes. Like, the point in the comic is it very much kind of almost feels like it takes place, like, what if this happened in the real world? Yeah. And they are, like, like, they're skilled fighters, but that one has them as, like, oh, it makes them look badass and shit. And yeah. the thing is, these characters aren't badass. That's the point of the book. Yeah. Uh, and the fight scene is much simpler. They still win it fairly handily. Yeah. But it's, like, the, this one has them, like, breaking bones and killing people. Right, yeah, yeah. Going fucking brutal as shit. Um... So the idea isn't that like, like the thing with Night Owl is, and this gets brought up in a future episode of the TV show. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, in a sidelined way, where they're kind of like, uh, like, I'm curious where the TV show brings back these characters too. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. But yeah, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it's somebody else talking in a vague thing. They're like, oh, there's this man. He dresses like an owl. Yeah. Uh, he he goes up to the steps of heaven. Uh, in I can't I can't totally quote it. The idea is essentially that Night Owl he has these high minded ideals and stuff, but ultimately he's a little bit impotent. Uh, not in the bedroom. Uh, it, it, right. it's done somewhat literally until yeah. he puts his costume on and like actually does something. But he's like impotent in general. He's too soft to get anything to to make any ch- true change in the world. I see. So yeah. while he yes, he is a bit of a moral center and he means well, yeah. he is somebody who ultimately has no real agency. Yeah, cuz even when like he dis- when he sees like Comedian going off and doing bad shit and then when he sees uh like you know he doesn't he doesn't stop them he doesn't stop them yeah. he doesn't he doesn't stop them he's just like in, in the end when that the end like dr manhattan doesn't ha- has to kill rorschach he doesn't have to kill uh dan dryberg because dan dryberg's like i i don't uh i don't i'm not gonna tell anybody so like, what am i gonna what do would the, what would the point be yeah, yeah i mean yeah. and obviously like Probably the moral right thing not to tell anybody, yeah. uh, though that's debatable. That's, that's very debatable. Sure, yeah, yeah. it's that's, it's that's very much where he very much has this idea of like, oh, this already happened, and now the only way to make it worse is to tell people. Yeah, uh, like it's obviously awful and shouldn't have happened. Right. But like the thing, like he he doesn't go and try and kill Ozymandias or anything, Adrian. Yeah, uh, he he he's ultimately just like a guy who just wants to have fun. In a flying owl mobile, <laughs> yeah, uh, and dress up in costume because it it turns him on a little. It makes him feel like he has agency, even if he doesn't really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, I I don't, uh, and and then you know, uh, I I think Silk Spectre does is a little bit of a moral center, though. I don't know. Uh, so I don't think this is a total spoiler. Uh, I, if I say that, that's very subjective. I don't know. It's, it's something I knew going into the show. Yeah. Uh, Silk Spectre has shown up. Okay, yeah. Not yet in your episode. But sure, she sure. shows up. They don't, like, make any, you know, they don't They don't really obscure it or anything. They're like, yeah, that's Lori. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's and, fine, and, yeah. And it's pretty. She's played by Jean Smart, who's great. 
I okay. love Gene Smart, and that's actually perfect casting. Okay. Uh, for an older Soap Spectre. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and you can tell she's a little bit more, like, battle-hardened, and a little bit more, like, she's she's a little disillusioned. You can definitely see her father in her. Yeah. In the TV show. Uh, now that she knows who she is, she kind of owns that she's her father. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. Um... I don't know. I, 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 I do think like she and Night Owl are probably the two closest to the moral center. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. but yeah, so what would um is there what what would you say is the imperfection for Silk Spectre, I guess? Well, a lot of it is first of all, it, it's a little bit of lack of agency in the sense that like she was sort of uh her her mother chose this life for her. Yeah. Okay, and this yeah. is just like the the path she's been put on. It's like the default. So, yeah. yeah default. So and she kind of keeps just like being other people's hanger-ons a little bit. Like, she only exists in the context of Dr. Like, the only reason uh, she's... I don't know. Uh, she's with Dr. Manhattan almost as an accessory. Almost as, like, the, the U.S. government at one point, like, once he leaves, the U.S. government's like, we don't want you... We don't need you anymore. Yeah. Leave. The only reason you were here is because he wanted you here. Yeah. Um... It's not as much of a moral imperfection as like, almost as like she's just had a bit of a broken life. Like she doesn't really, she almost hasn't had a direction. This yeah. is part of why I'm really kind of enjoying her on the TV show because yeah. you, you're seeing all the all this kind of like weigh on her, and you're seeing the uh, uh, I don't know. I I don't think like. I think I'm I'm having a little bit of a harder time placing her down. Yeah. I don't think there's as much because I do think there's in each of them there's supposed to be an imperfection. Yeah. Um. It, and uh, I, I uh, but she is ultimately kind of uh, she she's the one who convinces Doctor Manhattan to come back to Earth and help them save the world, even though ultimately they don't really, they don't really unless you subscribe to Adrian Veidt's point of view, in which case. You could argue they do, yeah. Uh, but as we've seen in episode one of uh, Watchmen, uh, everything is not as it seems. Even though the world does seem a little bit more harmonious, yeah, it does seem. But yeah, there's also yeah. I mean, the it's just that the like most things are good, but then then the seventh cavalry is actually like uh, pretty. I don't know, confident. I don't know if safe. I don't want to say if it was confident, but like certainly. Um, more dangerous terrorist group than, than like, yeah. Yeah. And they're like a domestic terrorist group. I did read, cause I'm noticing some mixed reactions to the TV show. Some people, a lot of reviewers, especially really fucking love it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've noticed a few people, I, I am more on that side. Yeah. I am yeah. working so far. Uh, but I'm noticing some people kind of like say some things that are like, I don't, I think this is trash. Some people, okay. uh, and, and other people, uh, and they're people who are like, who, uh, they're not, they're not trashing it because like, oh, it's like, you know, uh, black people are living a good life in this. Like there are definitely those people. Yeah. There's and definitely, yeah, sure. There's going to be. I'm considering the, the, that opinion is in, invalid. Yeah. <laughs> That's dumb. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, the, the, the opinion in this one is that like the only people, uh, the only people who this world is bad for at the moment. It, as we can tell in the show, is racist, right? Uh, which isn't totally not wrong. Uh, I'm having tri- like they're definitely still, you know, there are people who are still fucked up by the events that happened in New York. They get more into that, especially 
in the fifth episode. Okay, yeah. Um, you need to catch up, dude. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let, let, let's keep going through what happens in the, that episode. We've got we've got Don Johnson. Uh, he's the chief of police. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he, well, he doesn't so wear a mask. Doesn't wear a mask. Well, well, it starts with a with a with the shooting of a cop. Actually, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After after the Tulsa massacre to set the stage or theme. Then it's the shooting of a cop, and it's almost this role reversal of what we have to expect. Yeah, where it's it's a lot of police shootings of yeah. you know black guys, and in this case, uh, it is uh, a black cop who is shot down by yeah. like a white supremacist. Yeah, 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 uh, a Rorschach guy. Yeah, yeah, who then throws lettuce in his lap. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's kind of the catalyst to the events of the show. And there's this sort of, uh, yeah. I just realized I was about to go into a spoiler. Or maybe a spoiler. Did they cover the White Knight in the first episode? I don't think so. Okay. No. We won't get into that. It's yeah. why they wear masks. Okay. Uh, the inc- I know there's a... They talk yeah, about they it. Yeah, they talk instantly. about it a, a little bit because she talks about, like... Um, they might have mentioned the name because yeah. it sounds a bit familiar, but it, I don't know. I don't, they don't go into detail. A- Angela Abar is at, like, the in front of her kid's classroom, yeah. and she's like, yeah... And then I got shot, and this is how I got shot in excruciating detail for you 10-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the bullets went through all my guts and everything, and then the teacher just goes, oh, shut up, shut up, they're 10. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it gives you the world, gives you the picture of the world. You have the the, the police chief who doesn't wear a mask. Yeah. And then... Uh, Though you could argue his police uniform is his costume or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, they go basically find out where these, uh, where the, where the white supremacists live, or where this group is, and then they go, they go raid it basically. And then it turns out, it's a pretty big shootout. I was like, dude, the cops are fucked in this because like, I, the the machine gun that they have, it's not just a machine gun. It's actually it's they like have a, a straight up mini gun. It's like a twenty millimeter cannon. Yeah. It's 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 like yeah the rounds like I don't I don't I don't think they 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 um. In in the show, they don't show the rounds as explosive, but in real life, that would they the, the yeah. rounds themselves would actually be high explosive. They don't just go straight through things; they actually hit and detonate. Like, there's a pretty good shot, like just like a way of showing just how fucking destructive this gun is. Yeah, is uh, Sister Knight is just like hiding behind a dead cow. cow yeah, because this is happening at like a cattle ranch. The cow's already dead because it's been shot down, yeah. but she's using it as cover. But the cow is just disappearing. Yeah, because the gun is just yeah. obliterating it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Except it almost they, it like lingers on that cow. Yep. Just like w- letting you watch it just get fucking turned into mush. Yeah. Uh, I was it was it was almost visceral the way. They yeah. Did. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of viscera showing. Viscera. Yeah. That's like guts. That's another. Oh guts. fuck! I'm dumb. That was a good <laughs> joke. It was a good joke, and I. Did had never heard that word before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. So then, uh, I mean, a lot of the, pl- I think a lot of it, the first episode is just like showing you the world. Yeah, there's the squid rain. It's really oh yeah yeah. There's squid rain, which just it, periodically happens. Just just happens, and there's like a horn that blows when it happens. And yeah, it's like an air raid signal. And then there's like uh, they show Black Oklahoma, which is which is which is so funny. Yeah. 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 And then they show Jeremy Irons. Yep. Uh, just like chilling. And whatever's going on with him is weird. I'm like, I thought he was Veet, and then, then somebody else. And then I think I saw something that said he was, but I'm not sure. Here is my thought process in episode one. Yeah. Because I feel like 
biggest spoilers or any sort of character reveal. But my thought process yeah. going in, number one, was going into the show, I knew Jeremy Irons was in it. I saw yeah. pictures of him, and my immediate response was, that is Adrian Pete. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, throughout that episode, and second episode even more, part of me started to wonder, uh, maybe he's Dr. Manhattan. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I was still like, cause I also wanted him to be a dream. Beat. Yeah. Uh, but through mo because I was like, it would be really dumb if he was talking to him is what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Cause I mean, uh, they show, I mean, they show the first episode. So to again, establish the world, they show yeah. Dr. Manhattan on Mars or something. They show him in like a video clip in the classroom. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of in the background, in but the background. they like, they kind of zoom in on it. Um, but I don't know. It's, in the first episode, there was there was a few minutes of me being like, "Is he maybe Doctor Manhattan?" Okay, because like these people seem created from wholesale. That almost feels like a Doctor Manhattan move. Okay, uh, because you've got these weird servants he has that keep calling him master. Yeah, and that's something that could happen with Adrian, but maybe it's Doctor Manhattan. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want to get much further into that plot line. Okay. That is my favorite plot line. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like if I, I'm already on the verge of like saying something. Okay, yeah let's, uh, yeah, let's go. I mean, we're actually very far in. It's like 53 minutes. Oh, Jesus. Right? Yeah. Uh, Time flew. Yeah. So, yeah, we're getting to the end of uh, the episode. So they, they, they hunt down the white supremacists. The guy, the chief, torches the plane but crashes the... The art, the the Archie clone, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's revealed that the police have this like flying machine that's pretty much the same as Night Night Owls. Yeah, it's the same design, but it has police colors. Yeah. Uh, and then they go home, and everything's cool, except except then yeah. uh, uh, the police officers like called to go out for something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're like, "Do you want an escort?" And he's like, "No," even though he's been doing some cocaine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a little, very short, but but yeah, but uh, yeah. pointed moment where he's like, you know, uh, sniff, sniff. Except as soon as he goes off by himself, it's just obvious. It's, like, yeah, this is the movie. He's the, fucked. The, he's, the music was so like I'm like this is maybe too this is maybe too on the nose right now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know he's fucked as soon as that music starts playing. You're like, no, no. Yeah, and the episode ends with it shows he he got lynched essentially. Yeah, he got yeah, hung, got hung yeah. from a tree. Uh, by this guy in a wheelchair who we had seen earlier in the episode uh, as just like he was just hanging outside of the bakery that Angela Abar, Sister oh, Knight, is using was, as... Oh, was, you didn't... Okay. I, didn't, I didn't pick up that that was the same person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like saying things to her. Yeah. I forget what he says to her. Uh, but it's just like things that are like he's just... He's like asking her questions or something. I don't even remember. He's being He's being almost a little suspicious where... In that scene, I was like, "We're gonna see that wheelchair guy." It's like, "Why? Yeah, why would you have that person there?" Yeah, yeah he's got Chekhov's, uh, Chekhov's wheelchair. Yeah. yeah, I'd say my two big questions at the end of that episode are: What's Jeremy Irons' deal? Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, loving him by the way, straight yeah. up. I, I've said on this podcast before, I love Jeremy Irons. Love the Irons, and yeah. uh, like David Lindelof does weird things in general. Uh, in I don't, have you seen The Leftovers? No. So David Lindelof, he's the producer of this show. Uh, fun fact, he's on. He's quoted on the back of this copy of Watchmen, and this came out 
This was published years before it was even announced he'd be adapting it. Yeah. I believe this came out before the movie, this edition. Um, uh, but he, like, Leftovers gets really weird and surreal, and everything with Doc, uh, with, with, um, with, uh, Jeremy Irons is weird and surreal. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I, yeah. yeah. And the other question was... Uh, the other question... My other question was, who the fuck is this wheelchair guy? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are my, two of my big questions. I mean, that and, um, and then what, the what is happens? everything else and what is everything else? Yeah, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say... I was like... I was like, Redford, is it really Robert Redford? It's really Robert yeah, it's Redford. Really, Red, really Robert Redford, yeah. I really hope they got they got him to like come <laughs> guest star occasionally. Yeah. That would be That would be so good. So good. Look, look, man. <laughs> he's been in a Marvel movie. He's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get the Redford, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh I I <laughs> love I love that they like unabashedly went with some of the weird stuff from the comic. Yeah. Uh, squid. I love that they went with the squid. Yeah. Uh, oof, if you... Uh, can I... It's not even a... It's not really a spoiler. Okay, go ahead. Because we've established that it happened because it happened in the comic. Yeah. There is an episode where they show the, the aftermath. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. And, yeah, it, and like they... See that. Like in the comic, they, uh, they slowly pan out to the squid. Mm-hmm. And, like, you see it coming up, and I was just, like, I think that's the most adrenaline I got watching this show. Yeah. Just because, like, it was, like, I get why Zack Snyder didn't use the squid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of understand, but I'm still disappointed by it. Because <laughs> I think it's just such, like, a weird thing from the comic that's also just so specific. And, like, it's superhero, superhero-y. Uh, and it just, like, pans out. And you just see this giant fucking squid all over New York. And it's just like, I was, I legitimately, in my studio apartment, was just like screaming like, He hit the squid! (laughs) It's the squid! (laughs) It's the squid. Uh, Another squid thing. These are things that I think like, out of context, not spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Somebody says the phrase, and this is the same week of impeachment hearings. Uh, about quid pro quo yeah. in the United States. And, you know, this show, written a while ago. Yeah. Filmed this stuff a while ago. Yeah. That's how TV works. Yeah. Uh, a character says to another character, I think in the last episode, he's like, what is this, some kind of squid pro quo? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... it's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson's in there. Okay. He gets cooler. He's... He's cool. He's really cool. Okay, cool. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Tim Blake Nelson, he kind of almost has a, he, he puts on a reflective mask. He looks like Rorschach. Oh, that's him. Okay. That's Tim Blake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's right, right. Okay. Yeah, he's in a lot of Coen Brothers movies. Mm-hmm. He's in the movie Holes. Mm-hmm. He's in... I've seen Holes. Like, yeah. The Incredible Hulk. Which I, I haven't seen, but okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to rewatch it soon because I haven't seen it. Except for the one time. I haven't seen... Haven't that seen sounds it. like a dumb Marvel movie to rewatch. It's probably yeah, the yeah. least vital one. Yeah. It's the least, <laughs> definitely the least important one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't know. I have a weird curiosity and I kind of want to... I, I'm it. also weirdly curious about it because I'm it's i a completionist. Man. Yeah. I'm like... I'm like I kinda it's the to... only one that's not on Disney Plus, I think. <laughs> Maybe the Spider-Man ones are. Universal, yeah. Because it's yeah. Universal. Yeah. And so... Uh, yeah. I don't know. I... I ooh, I'll, ta- I'll tell you off, but... Uh, it's not vital at all to yeah, this yeah. conversation about Watchmen. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else? Because we, I mean, we're at an hour. And we yeah. Can, we pretty much I don't know. An hour. We can, I, I don't know if there's much else. There's probably like, I, 
We could probably go on forever. It's the Watchmen. Who watches the Watchmen? Uh, I suggest everyone go looks up go goes and looks up the YouTube video uh, Watchmen the animated series. Oh, there's an animated series. No, no. Somebody made a fake Saturday morning cartoon intro for it. Oh, oh. And it's really great. It's it's funny because uh, you know Watchmen very mature subject matter. Yeah, uh, it is. I mean, yeah, there's... yeah. But you know, front facing the idea of superheroes front facing is not is is immature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like if I if we keep talking about it too much, I'm just going to spoil the whole show <laughs> because that's I, all there's left to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no, there there's a lot more I could say about yeah. the comic or about Alan Moore. But we can go that. I'm curious. With, so yeah, about Alan Moore Alan actually. Moore. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I'll just do a quick Alan Moore, and then we can end the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan Moore created this. Uh, everyone always says Alan Moore's Watchmen. The other creator is Dave Gibbons, who deserves a lot of credit, too. Mm-hmm. He's the artist. Yeah. He did a lot of great art. If you look on the TV show or the movie, uh, the way they credit it is, you know, how, like, Spider-Man, it'll say, uh, with every Spider-Man movie, it's like Spider-Man created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Yeah. Um... Watchmen, which is very famously for Alan Moore, but not Dave Gibbons. I believe in the TV show, it's credited as Watchmen, created by Dave Gibbons. Oh. So, Alan Moore is a British comic book writer. A weird... This is a picture of him. I think... Oh, he's he's a neckbeard. Oh! No, he's like a weird <laughs> ancient wizard. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Neckbeard doesn't even begin to cover it. I think he legitimately thinks he's a wizard. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's a whole thing. Yeah. So he's a British comic book writer. Uh, he he started off working in like 2000 AD comics. Uh, then he did a little bit of stuff for UK Marvel where he wrote for Captain Britain specifically. Uh, but then this whole thing happened in the 80s called the British Invasion. Not... That British invasion, but the British invasion of comics, <laughs> yeah. uh, where he was kind of like one of the main comic, comic book writers who came to America and like wrote comics for the big companies, yeah. wrote Swamp Thing. Yeah. Uh, he wrote some Superman. He wrote some Green Lantern. Uh, his he wrote like one ish, two issues of Superman, and they're like two of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, one is called Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Uh, the other one is called. Fuck, I forgot the name of it, and it is the one that's my favorite. But uh, it's one where he envisions a world where Krypton never blew up. Uh-huh. Um, and it's great. There's an episode of the... It's called For the Man Who Has Everything. Uh, that's what it's called. It's a Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. It's a Christmas comic. But there's an episode of the Justice League TV show that's almost directly that comic book. Mm-hmm. Anyways, point is, Alan Moore, he's like, I'm going to write this thing. It's called Watchmen. Um, and then they were like, okay, well, we don't want you... Or, I'm going to write this thing. It's called The Death of the Peacemaker. Uh, and they were like, okay, cool. And then DC said, no, actually, you know what? Blue Beetle, the question. We want to use those guys in the future. Yeah. Don't make them weird heroes. And so uh, they're like, you can still write this thing. You just have to make the characters your own characters. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, that's cool. Um, but he's very into creator rights. Very into owning his own IP. Um Comic book history, comic book industry has a history of not giving credit or money to the people who create things. Yeah. Um, the two guys who created Superman, uh, I think both died penniless. Wow. Yeah. Or near that, uh, their family makes money now, but like they used to not get as much credit. 
one of the two co-creators of Batman, the one who actually did all of the work, mm-hmm. only got credit in the past ten years. It used to only be the other guy who got credit. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Alan Moore is very much like, no, artists deserve, like, art- artists create these things and they deserve credit for it. So we signed this thing that's like, whenever Watchmen goes out of print, all the rights leave DC and go back to me, Alan Moore, and this guy, Dave Gibbons, because we're the co-creators. Comic books, the version of Watchmen I am holding for you right now is a collected edition of the 12 issues. It's a single book. Comics used to not be collected like this. At the time that Watchmen was originally written, they were not collected like this. Yeah. Uh, Alan Moore wrote that contract and he's like alright cool in 5-10 years Watchmen will be all mine I can do whatever I want with them if I want uh, all profits in that at that time will go to me uh, they won't be DC Comics characters anymore mm-hmm. DC Comics creates the graphic novel or the trade paperback the collected edition yeah and they keep selling it because Watchmen is beloved it's popular and it's still on in the shelves now which means Alan Moore still doesn't get those rights back. And he's still pissed the fuck off about it. Yeah. And he's pissed the fuck off about it about so many other things. Uh, earlier today, I bought these comics called Miracle Man, okay. which are some or uh, some Marvel comics that he wrote. But it is created as, or it is credited as being written by the original creator. Not even, uh, like, his name's nowhere on it. Because he's specifically like, you guys stole this from the guy who created Marvel Man. You tricked me into writing it, Miracle Man. Uh, he's got both names. Um, uh, so fuck you guys. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want my name on this. This is your thing. Um, he really hates the big companies. He, he hates yeah. them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes on tirades about it all the time. He's uh, he's an insane man uh, who's who's right, but like in an asshole way. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of like Richard Dawkins is bad evolution. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I love Alan Moore. He's like one of the greatest yeah. comic book writers yeah. of all time. He wrote this thing called Top Ten in the 90s, uh, which is very much similar to Watchmen, but a lot less grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, he it, he leaves DC in a huff. He's very much like, you should never use these characters again. You should never adapt them again. Uh, when the movie was happening, he was like, no, don't make a movie. Please, just don't make a fucking movie. But he had no rights to it. And Dave Gibbons at this point is long given up and just gone the way of every single other comic book writer. Literally everyone else in the game who's just like, I just want to make money for my work. Yeah. So he still keeps his name attached to it because he's like, this is what gets us paid. This is literally my job. Yeah. Um, they make other comics using Watchmen characters. Like there's a thing called Before Watchmen mm-hmm. um, that Alan Moore is very much against. And now there's currently a comic coming out called Doomsday Clock where they're officially tying the Watchmen to the DC Universe. Mm-hmm. Oh, question. When did this come out? When 1985. Okay. Well, 1986. Okay, so it actually was contemporaneous to the... To, to the time that it's talking about. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I believe it was 1986. It ended in 1987, I think, yeah. is when the last issue came out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess... Dude, I, I'm going to... I guess... I, I'm extending the episode then, I guess, because I, I... Like, that time period, I mean, a lot of them... The, the nuclear fear around that time period was like so big. I, yeah. You know, because I mean, like uh, a lot of Metallica stuff is and Megadeth. I mean, the name Megadeth comes from a term coined to measure a million deaths, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So they have a lot of stuff about the nuclear war and that, and um, it's it's just like it's interesting that it's that it made it into that media. I didn't, you know, 
No, uh, very much. This is yeah. very much a comic about the Cold War. Yeah, uh, and it's very much about like it, the Vietnam is a big. Yeah, it's a uh, plot point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, though Vietnam, obviously, it was in a much world, shorter yeah. <laughs> with Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. yeah, apparently they were like. Uh, I think they say this in the in the movie where they're it became like a state. It became a state. Yeah, it became a state, but also they're like uh, they're holding off on using Doctor Manhattan until Nixon becomes president. Uh, in part because, like, at first the United States is like, we don't want to rely on this guy. He's a WMD. He's a nuke. Yeah. Uh, except a thousand times more than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, it's very based off of Cold War fears. Yeah. Yeah. And Do, I, the idea of the doomsday clock is. Yeah, that, yeah. 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 The, uh, I mean, Iron Maiden, Two Minutes to Midnight, the song. Mm, yeah. I don't think, I don't think I'm the one who made the connection with the metal music in, uh, the Cold War. Have you ever seen the music video for Metallica's One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, kind of a Cold War-y... The it's World War One actually really? for that. Yeah, that's that's based on World War One. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really like that music because because that's a that's a movie. Johnny got his gun. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm dumb. I didn't know that. I mean, I I <laughs> is this. that a, is that a Johnny got his gun? It's a real movie and it's also a book. I think. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so they cut. Parts of that movie into the music video because that was the inspiration for the for the song. I need to watch this movie. I I remember I saw that music video a couple years ago and I was yeah. like, "This is so down my alley." Yeah. And it really feels like secret things that the Soviets are doing that we're scared they're doing. That's what it felt like. It's a guy in a that's just like that's lost all his senses, right? Yeah. Am I? Are you confusing this with another? I might be. Because like like for one, it's it's about a guy who loses all his senses. In, in a war okay. so he's like it starts you know the music video I'm like the, the line I remember from the dialogue of it was um, it's like you know dad what is democracy and his dad is like it's got something to do with young men killing each other and he's like would you it's like dad would you want me to die for democracy and he's like for democracy any man would give his only begotten son that that that's my memory of that music video. So we might we might be talking about. Different. I think I'm thinking of a. Di- I swear it was one. It must be another one. Okay. All right, yeah. never mind. Yeah. Uh, there's a music video that just like has images of like it's got like military scientists doing experiments and uh, on aliens. No, just, on, like, just animals. Okay. And stuff. It's it's really unsettling. Because there's I'm there's what there's one for Megadeth Hangar 18, which is about. Essentially, Area Fifty One, Hangar Eighteen, okay. and they, it's you know it's people doing experiments on aliens, essentially. Um, yeah, two minutes to midnight, the Iron Maiden song. Yeah, I did not. Okay, that no, that makes sense. I don't know why I never made that connection. Yeah. Probably because I it's not the Cold War anymore, and I don't yeah listen to Iron Maiden as much as I yeah. used to. Yeah. <laughs> two minutes to midnight. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I. And this is also just me being a guy who doesn't really listen to lyrics all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's in the title, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, so one question for you is, like, what do you... Th- is he... Was Alan Moore trying to make a statement about... So, like, the, the, the universe is very different. Yeah. And Nixon has many, many terms in this mm-hmm. universe. And, and then... is what, what do you think his, like, political statement with all that is? Because it's... Or is it just... Is it just to have fun? Like, to have a different universe? No, I think he's giving a bit of a statement that, like, you know, uh, superheroes... And first of all, it's it's a little bit of the idea that not just superheroes, but the way we treat politicians and other famous people 
is we kind of, we forget they're a little bit human sometimes, and we always see them as just like these, you know, generally one thing is how we see them. Yeah. It's either, you know, they're a superhero or they're a supervillain. Uh, they're, they're morally upstanding or they're morally not upstanding. But like, and this is a universe where the idea of this superhero, this person wears a mask, they're almost upholding the status quo. They're, uh, and therefore it's more terms for presidents. And then also, I guess Nixon was Republican, right? Yeah. yeah. He's conservative. Uh, yeah. 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 Like, uh, I forget if they mentioned in the movie too, but in the comic, there is a little thing, like a little flashback. Uh, of the, the comedian talking at like some sort of he's talking to like G Gordon Liddy okay. and like some other people and they're he, they're talking about like oh these two journalists just died this guy's Woodward and Bernstein uh, I, I don't know the Watergate guys I'm guessing yes yeah, yeah, those yeah. are the guys who who you know uh, opened the floodgates of Watergate yeah but in this universe they died and it like I can't really tell if they're trying to say the comedian killed them because he's like. He's basically being like, well, I definitely killed Kennedy, but, like, I wasn't anywhere near this one. Because uh, he killed Kennedy in this universe. Uh, oh, oh, that was okay. in the opening credits. Yeah, I didn't realize that was him. I didn't make that connection. Oh, yeah. No, that was him. Yeah. That was him. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, Well, it's an interesting... Yeah, for me, it's, like, an interesting... I'm, like, if I'm digging about it, I'm thinking maybe the part of the theme is that, like, you know... Superheroes are an extension of like this idea of putting all your trust into into one person or one entity, yeah. which well, which leads authoritarian. It does, yeah. and also like if you think about it, like I don't know, that's just a dangerous line of thinking. Yeah, uh, to like say to put a, a person on a pedestal. Yeah, to say that like oh they're all good, uh, they're um, because then as soon as they show any instinct and any instance of being just a normal person. You're suddenly like, oh, no, no, you're – you made a mistake, but you're a person who never makes mistakes, so you're awful. This almost sounds like I'm defending horrible, famous people. Uh, I'm worried I'm getting down that slippery slope. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but there is this – like we shouldn't – the point is that we shouldn't be lifting these people up that high. That, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's this idea that kind of goes – and it's a little bit mentioned in the um, – movie but not nearly as much explored but there's this perfume that adrian vent's company is putting out that's called nostalgia okay and they talk about it and then later in the issue after his plan has been revealed or no i think it's even before that but it's at, at the point where they're suspicious of him yeah he's uh you see in some of the source material in like a business meeting he was like i think in a couple of years uh we don't want to call this perfume because they're calling the perfume nostalgia He's like, I think in a couple of years we don't want to call it nostalgia anymore. We want to call it millennium. Uh, and the idea is what Alan Moore is trying to say with nostalgia, and specifically in the scene, nostalgia is really prevalent in the scene where uh, Laurie's on Mars, Silk Spectre's on Mars yep. with Doc, Dr. Manhattan, and he's having her go through all her memories yep. uh, of her parents. Um, and when she realizes. I think in the movie he directly tells her who her father is, but in the comic she figures it out on her own. It's basically based on... it's basically the same thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. like like not physically the same thing. Like there's the but it's like when he tells her she just knows. It's not she had already figured it out in his head. Okay, so yeah. so like the acting is like that. Yeah, yeah. He tells her, but she pretty much knows. She doesn't resist. She just like gets angry at it. She she knows. 
Well, pretty much as soon as that information is revealed, this bottle that they keep cutting back to in the comic of nostalgia breaks. Oh, yeah. And I think a bit of the idea is that, like, we perfume things like superheroes, uh, things like our celebrities, our heroes, we perfume them in this air of nostalgia, because when we were kids, we remember them, and we remember them being all good all the time. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, and, and when you get older, you realize that nostalgia is a little bit of a toxic impulse. It's, it's kind of, you're seeing things through this veneer that they were, everything about them was yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's dangerous. Yeah. Because they weren't. They, everything was shades of gray. You were just younger and didn't totally understand that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. I don't know. Great point. Yeah. <laughs> you occasionally see ads for nostalgia in the movie. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't think they, and, and it's not even like something that's as blatant in the, uh, in the comic. Uh, but I think it's more blatant, and I think it is a little bit central to his idea. Yeah, okay. Uh, to what he's trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, cool. Is that... Yeah, right? do we want to Do we want to end? Call it, yeah. We got 116 in, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... I uh, uh, don't really have anything else to plug right now. Um, I'm working on an album for a guitar player called Machete Mike. It's, uh... I don't know if it's going to come out anytime soon. Feel the Steel. Feel the Steel. Feel the steel. Uh, I have absolutely nothing to plug. Uh, I don't know. Say hi. How you doing? Uh, anyways, uh, continue watching whatever you were watching as you were listening to this because you weren't watching this podcast. Yeah. Um, Who watches the podcast? Yeah. Who watches the podcast? Let us know. You're listening. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Uh, all right. Uh, all right yeah, from Miko and Zach, signing off. Bye.